0: Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. To live a passionate life with vitality, with joy, aren't these things that each of us want? I do. Well, maybe you felt that the fallout from COVID-19 is interrupted You're living a passionate life. But how can you reconnect with that? How can you claim joy and vitality in this moment? Stay tuned for our special guest today, Dr. Mara Carpel, and learn from someone who has traveled this journey. Hi, I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head to the Baca Institute to discover your creative advantage by taking the creative innovator quiz. Find out your personal creative innovator style so you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. For visionaries, innovators, company founders, and product designers, optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. That's possible, you know. Dr. Mara Carpell is a psychologist, author of the international bestseller, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age. She's host of the radio show, Dr. Mara Carpell and Your Golden Years, passionate living motivator for Compassionate Austin, and contributor to Thrive Global, Huffington Post, and Savannah East. She works with adults of all ages and specializes with seniors, caregivers, and veterans. Dr. Mara has now launched Telehealth Consulting to help those looking to reconnect with their passion and purpose during these uncertain times. And don't we need that? Because these are uncertain times. Welcome, Mara. I'm really delighted you're here. Welcome to
1: Wisdom Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Laurie. I'm really excited to be here and to speak with you today. Great. I know you've got lots to share with our
0: listening audience, and I'm eager to hear what you've got to share. And I'd like to begin in a place of you reflecting on your own journey. And what was it in your own life, your life in particular, that led you to write this book, The Passionate Life? creating
1: vitality and joy at any age okay so, <laughs> so not to uh, not to date myself or age myself it started a long time ago it's okay we're all friends here <laughs> so um, I began college um, going for my degree in engineering civil engineering um I wasn't really excited about it, but you know, at that time it felt like I needed to find some direction and it was the eighties. I started college Mm -hmm. in 1980 and it felt like, um, that was a, that was a good thing to do because women were being hired and as engineers and making good money and I was good in math. Mm -hmm. So that was it, (laughs) Um, but I wasn't passionate about it and discovered that I really didn't enjoy all all those math classes in college. And a uh, friend of mine in my dorm suggested that I, um, she had seen a sign for peer counseling and um, for interviews to join the peer counseling center and be trained to be Mm -hmm. a peer counselor. And she said to me, "You you know, you're always listening to all of our problems and you seem to be really (laughs) Maybe you should do that. I thought of you and I saw the sign and and that really struck me that that would be Mm -hmm. something I would enjoy doing. So I interviewed, I got into the program, I did the training. And then the first day that I was a peer counselor, somebody came, a student came in to the peer counseling center and he was suicidal. And we would train trial by fire, exactly, and he was the only he was the only client I ever had, right hardly any nobody came during my shift, but this one one young man, yeah, definitely trial by fire, and we were trained you know not to do therapy but to evaluate if someone was suicidal and then to convince them to come with me to the professionals at the uh, at the um, student counseling center where they had the you know social workers and therapists trained mm-hmm. so I spent about two hours with him um, convincing him that you know obviously he came in for a reason he wanted to live and he walked with me He eventually walked with me over to the the counseling center. And I remember that feeling of just that buzz going through my body that I had just saved someone's life potentially. Mm-hmm. And this felt really right. And it that day I called up my parents and I said, I'm going for my PhD in clinical psychology. <laughs> you weren't just gonna get a bachelor's, you were gonna go all the way. Right. <laughs> Bravo you. My parents mm-hmm. Loved education, but my mom said to me, What? Isn't there an easier way? (laughs) Can't you do this more quickly? I said, no, no, I'm gonna go all the way. So, you know, I did it. I got into graduate school and I was, you know, it was it was rough. Um, but I made it through and finally I was living that dream. And when I, I decided that I wanted to work with older adults, um, that was another passion. It was another one of those things where i said that's what i need to do and when i was finally doing it i discovered that i you know i was waking up during the night feeling like i wasn't doing everything that i was supposed to do and, and I- so
0: that was the that was the well let me let me backtrack a bit what i'm hearing is the way in which you you listened you listened to your own inner calling and mm-hmm. where your passions
1: were. So somehow you knew something that a lot of people don't. Right. I, I always felt that when I get that feeling like this is it, then that, that I had to follow that. Because if I didn't, then I was uncomfortable. I, I just felt like things weren't right. So as hard as it was, I felt like I had to follow that. But now I was being woken up and here I had gone through eight years of graduate school and I was now being woken up like, what is wrong? I, you know, I did everything. I said, it <laughs> <to do. laughs> but what is it? Yeah. But, you know, I made that decision when I was, you know, 20 and mm-hmm. now I was 30, 32 waking up mm-hmm. during the night. So, you know, you, you, things change and your path sort of tweaks itself. I didn't want to leave what I was doing, but I felt like there was more that I needed to do, and I didn't know what it was, and it wasn't as clear as it had been previously, so I had to really be open to exploring, and that's one of the things that I, always, that I encourage people in living a passionate life, to be open to exploring when you don't know what it is that you're looking for. How mm-hmm. do you do that, though? Mm-hmm. How do you explore well I you know I at first it was uncomfortable and then I allowed myself to be excited that I was on the brink of finding something new and to be curious and so I just you know as opportunities came up to try something new I just went with it and I started you know I met people who would say hey do you want to try this and it that sounds really good I was working in a nursing home where there was an art therapist who would come in. So I I started going to his art therapy classes for my lunch break and discovered that, you know, I really miss drawing. And that's something that I, you know, so I started drawing again. Um, Now that was, I was thinking maybe I would be an art therapist, but it didn't really lead me that way. But it led me to, be, to realize I wanted to be more creative. That so was, it,
0: was, it was your being willing to be active. In other words, not just get an idea or you know entertain ideas, but to actually follow through.
1: Actually follow through and try it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it may not be that that's the thing. That right. may be something else. hmm Plus you know drawing i think even though that isn't my career it opened me up it opened up that creative side of me where i was willing to you know be more right brain i mm-hmm. had
0: also,
1: you know i had to be analytic for all those years now i could be right brain again and then started you know i i started practicing buddhism because i was introduced to that and so and that sort of opened me up and like It just sort of that opened me up to then move to Austin, Texas. When I was given that, Uh, mm -hmm. when I came here, I realized I could do more and I could actually be more creative because it costs less to live here than it did in New York. Wow!
0: So, so what did that offer to you?
1: (laughs) So, you know, when I when I got here, I was um, the idea of being on a radio. Well, started with television. Uh huh. Do a television show because, you know, nobody's doing what you're doing. You're an expert in geriatrics, and so I was like, I don't even like to watch myself on video. <laughs> but we did a one, we did a one time live show on Austin Local Access Television. Um, they were selling the company after that. But we did one show, and it was live, and, and, and the cameras were wrong. Everything was wrong. The makeup was wrong. <laughs> Everything was wrong. But I felt that feeling again, like that buzzing feeling.
0: Let's okay. underline that for a moment, that buzzing feeling. Yes. That feeling in your body when you know that there's something you have to pay attention to. You Absolutely. know, it's not necessarily the thing. We don't even have to think about that. But it's something that you have to pay
1: attention to. Uh, right. And I said, I want to do more of this. Mm-hmm. And that I feel like I'm doing something right because yeah. I was, I was, I was still doing what I was trained to do. I was teaching about, you know, mental health and and growing older with joy and you know mm-hmm. healthfulness. Um, but I was doing it in a creative way, and I was bringing that creativity into it. And I was teaching which I felt like you know I always go I'm always telling people everything new that I learn I love to tell people hey, I just read uh, the book I have to read it so <laughs> I, you know that feeling right yeah I, just,
0: do, like, I do I yeah, do yeah we're natural both of us are natural teachers
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then it led to well let's start let's go to radio you know let's do let's start let's go back and do radio Um, because the TV station had been sold and we really didn't know how to get it further with that. So Mm -hmm. when I started doing the radio show, um, we started in a small show in South Texas where I would pre-record and then send in the CD and they played it at six o'clock on Sunday morning. (laughs) So it was really practice. Yeah. Practice. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I knew I could mess up and not too many people were listening. So um, I remember sitting in the studio with, I had a friend who was the producer and he was sitting there with his headphones on. I had my headphones on, I was talking to the mic. And all of a sudden I had this flashback of when I was 10 years old and I was sitting in my bedroom with my new tape recorder recording a radio show, like a, 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 you know, it was a variety show. And I was all the characters. And I I love it. Yeah. I almost started laughing while I was doing this, thinking, "Wow, I'm doing what I mm-hmm. did when I was 10. Mm-hmm. So it sort of just evolved. And we moved to Austin and started this show eight and a half years ago that I have the documentary on local Austin radio for mm-hmm. Cal and your golden years. And then went to internet to blog talk. And I started interviewing so many interesting people um, and I really had, uh, the other thing that I always wanted to do was write a book. And I had started writing mysteries, but couldn't really get the mystery going. <laughs> was really I could write a first chapter, but mm-hmm. past that, I couldn't write it. But I really enjoyed that process of writing. Mm-hmm. And um, I was learning so much from my guests. I had learned so much along my journey because now I was doing something that I was so passionate about with the radio program. And I had discovered working with all these different populations, working in nursing homes with the very elderly and frail to then I had my own private practice uh, working with younger adults and then started working with veterans about Mm -hmm. nine and a half years ago. And I noticed that the common thread was that when people found something that they really enjoyed doing and that felt like it was bringing meaning into the world, that they were doing mm-hmm. something bigger than themselves, which is what, how I define passion really is that, that feeling of joy, you know, something that you're doing that brings you joy and also has this bigger meaning. So there's a connection to
0: the outer world that's there with it too.
1: Right, that, mm-hmm. that when you're doing it, it's helping other people. And I found that no matter how old or young or what their background was, um, different parts of the country, different occupations, a veteran versus somebody who's never been to war, mm-hmm. that common theme was that once they found that passion, they didn't need me anymore.
0: Wow. You know? what, what, what do you what do you understand about that, about how that transformation takes place?
1: Well, you know, I was when I read Viktor Frankl's book Man's Search for Meaning, that really struck me.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah.
1: That we all have this deep desire to have meaning and purpose in our lives, and that. Even in the most horrible situations, he was in concentration camps
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, observing people because he was already a psychiatrist when he was, you know, when he was imprisoned. He noticed that when people started helping each other, it brought meaning into their lives, and they were more resilient. And they were a, they were the people that when the, the of the survivors, those were the survivors who were able to get back into life versus people who had a much, much harder time after that. Yeah. So, I'm seeing that now so often too, and
0: with my clients that the, the people that I know that are, mm, that, are, that are taking time to create something that feels meaningful to them, to engage perhaps in a new way than they've done before, instead of simply trying to um, survive, through this, through this time, that they, they really move into a, a kind of thriving that they may not even have been in before, because they're learning how to, how almost to innovate their own lives.
1: hmm Absolutely. Um, you know, I think everybody talks about, you know, how are we going to deal with the new normal? Yes. And I want you to speak to that. Yeah. What, what uh, the heck is the new normal, by the way? Well, I think we're always in a new normal. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. things are always changing. Yes, and when we expect things to to be the same as they were just a couple of years ago, without this pandemic, without everything else that's going on in the world, we're going to be disappointed if we always want it to be like it used to be. But when we really look back, it wasn't really that wonderful. I mean, th- there are things that that we could really use to change. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that this situation like you talked about trial by fire this really is it's it's we're moving into another normal um but quickly more, Much and more that's the difference we're yeah used to yeah and yeah we're so being the speed forced. of it the Sorry. speed of it the speed of it and the fact that we are all being forced at the same time <laughs> right Right.
0: and and, you know and there's so many people that do want to hold on to something and and that's human nature we want to hold on to what's known um what maybe felt comfortable but i know about me hmm, that when i'm comfortable or at least when i say i'm too comfortable there i have to start looking like wait a minute something's happening here that i'm not paying attention to Mm -hmm. i don't mean that i need to be stressed but i need that to have that experience of I'm moving forward because you can't stand still.
1: Right, right. One of the guests that I interviewed on my show was Naomi Levy and she wrote the book um, um Einstein and the Rabbi. Uh-huh. And um she talks about the um listening to your soul's whispers. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she said and she wrote about in her book is that if you are not getting woken up sometimes in the middle of the night, if you're not feeling uncomfortable, then that's a problem. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and people get
0: concerned sometimes. Mm-hmm. They get concerned like, oh my goodness, why why am I feeling out of sorts? And they want to create a story about that because they don't know how to understand that. So could you speak a little bit to that, to the power of discomfort perhaps we could call it?
1: Well, you know, I think that um, it's really easy to numb ourselves and get too comfortable with the way things are, right? And people distract themselves um, by being busy. Uh, Right before this pandemic, everybody was complaining to me that they were just too busy, they didn't have time to do anything. You know, they were feeling anxious. Well, hey, why don't you try some meditation? Who has time for meditation? <laughs> so the thing, you know, people, I think, purposely get into that busyness and that distraction so that they don't have the discomfort. But discomfort um, is how we grow, right? Mm-hmm. Growing pains. We, we, we can't grow without having some discomfort. Um, so... I think right now we're, you know, we're being forced to slow down and to pay attention. And for some people that's really, really difficult, but um, I don't think that people would be aware, if so aware right now of suddenly everybody's woken up to the fact that there's racial disparity in this country and this mm-hmm. is kind of on since the founding of this nation. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people haven't paid attention to it. <clears throat> They've sort of gotten busy with their own lives and said, "Oh, that's terrible," but you know, I have my, I have, I'm busy. Um, and now that people were home and didn't have all the distractions, and they suddenly were like, "Wow, this is something that I've never realized was going on to this yeah. level. I want to get involved. I want to do something."
0: So awareness comes out of that space of of having space. And this has been um, externally engineered, okay. But in that bigger picture, maybe it's that we needed that. We needed that. We were not willing to stop on our own Mm -hmm. and and attend.
1: Right. And it's uncomfortable. Certainly it's uncomfortable to have, Mm -hmm. you know, people are having to have uncomfortable conversations about race and what it Mm -hmm. means. Right? It's not comfortable, but that's okay. I mean, when people come into my office as a client, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, you know, exactly. We're talking hard issues. That's part of the healing.
0: Mm-hmm. And the and the and the next step beyond the healing. It's part of that. How are we going to create a world right. in this new way? You exactly. know, to create almost like I hadn't thought about it this way. I don't think, but we're we're really creating the new normal. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not just we're not the victim of the new normal. We're actively
1: involved if we are aware in creating it. Does that make sense? Yeah, we can be very intentional right now about what we really want. What we want it to look like when we come out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah, what do we want it to look like? So, how does that relate
0: to living a passionate life?
1: Well, I think that this is a really good time. The quiet. We need to have quiet to listen to what our heart is telling us to do. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. need to have time to pay to pay attention. Yeah. And so, this is a really good time to pay attention and to maybe do an evaluation of. What was I doing before that I was just doing because I thought I had to do it? What was I doing that was just keeping me way, just really busy? It was just keeping mm-hmm. me busy. Um, what, I, what, as uncomfortable as this is, and certainly if this were, we were home because it was a vacation, it'd be a different feeling than knowing that there's, you know, there's a lot of grief out there because people are dying from this virus. So there's mm-hmm. this, Fear that, you know, some we're worried about our family and our friends and ourselves. So it adds that to it. Mm -hmm. But are there things in this quiet moment that are really positive that we're getting to enjoy? Um, spending time, if we live with people or we're spending more time with them, maybe we're reconnecting with people more through Zoom and, and actually connecting with people we haven't spoken to in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we starting to do more creative things that we enjoy? And maybe we need maybe people need to do that. They need to start looking at what can I do right now that I would really enjoy doing? And then going forward, what can I leave behind that I really didn't like anyway? Uh-huh. What can I move forward with? Where can I take, you know, this more time with family and I'm missing family more. So maybe this means that now I have to spend more time with them when, when I'm able to. Um, and are there things that I really would love to do? You know, yeah. maybe we have to change how we do it. But not all of that is bad. I think that there is a lot more that we're learning to do. Certainly, the connections um, through the internet and, um, and all of that have been really, it was, to, uh, you know, I think there was a little bit of a learning curve, but now we're kind of moving forward with that. And that might mm-hmm. be something positive to continue with. And you were like- <clears throat>
0: Excuse me. You are an excellent example of someone who has, through your life from a very early age, who has uh, been willing to go beyond the the, the comfort um, to get educated, and then say, mm, eh, "This isn't quite it. There's something more."
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so you 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 are a great um, demonstration of what you're speaking about in your Thank own you. life.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I've continued. I still love doing my day job, which is seeing people and, uh-huh. you know, um, but I I needed to add to that.
0: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and so this is a great time for for all of us to look at what is it that we wish to add on, and also as you're saying right alongside that, what do we want to let go of? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what I've even experienced is that there are. There are situations and there are even people that, oh no, this is not a relationship that I want to continue in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And that I can be very challenging or, you know, scary even. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we feel like we have, you know, before we felt that like we had to like mingle with all different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. know what? It's okay to choose your close-knit friends, and mm-hmm. certainly you want to be open to other people and ideas and, and networking and that sort of thing, but you don't have to spend all of your time with them. <laughs> <laughs> and you can sort of weed out who are your real friends and who are people that are associates.
0: Yeah. And the people that maybe are going to support this next step for you. Um, it's not that they're, you know, that the people you may be moving away from to some extent are, are bad people or even bad situations. But as you're moving into some transformative process, I, I know these. For me, I'm finding that there are some new people that are appearing that in my life to create some projects with, to to um, collaborate with,
1: that maybe I wouldn't even have paid attention to before. Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh, throughout my whole journey through life, I have Mm -hmm. felt that um, when I was making a new move, there -hmm. were people who really felt uncomfortable with that and would try to find all the reasons that I shouldn't do it. Yes. um, So I think it's good to listen and say, is there something in what they're saying that's right? Right. Not. Don't discount everything. We want to evaluate. Maybe. You Maybe I'm not being realistic or that sort of thing. But then, if people are really continuing to block you, you need to say, "Okay, thank you," and mm-hmm. who would support me? Surround yeah. yourself with positive people who aren't threatened by you, who aren't jealous, who who are doing great things, and and are going. Maybe even people who are ahead of you. Hmm. Hmm. Okay who are going to help you, bring you along.
0: Yes, yeah, make that leap into the next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've I've had that experience a number of times where what I've experienced is people wanted to see me as they knew me. And Mm -hmm. so it's not that they necessarily wanted to block me or in their conscious thoughts. They just wanted to keep me in the space of who they thought I was. And as I was changing i had to be free to become who i am or to mm-hmm. step into that more fully and and drop away the old the old behaviors the old actions um the old ways of seeing myself right you know that everybody that i had collected around me were willing to support and say oh yeah 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 uh-huh sometimes we have to stand up and stand out right. in a very new way
1: in order to in order to claim that passionate life right there are always going to be critics. There are mm-hmm. always going to be critics, people who do not like what you're doing or feel threatened by it because you're changing and they're not. Right. Right. Um, and they may be and, the
0: people closest to you.
1: And they may absolutely be the people closest to you. And they may feel that they're doing it out of love, that they're worried mm-hmm. for you. So um, we have to be able to navigate that. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, Say thank you for your opinion. <laughs> and our worst critic is often ourselves. Absolutely. You know, we can find all of the reasons not to do the things that we want to do. Mm. When somebody taps into that is really powerful. If somebody says the exact same critique that we have said to ourselves, then we give them a lot of power. We give yeah. them a lot of power. So those are some of the obstacles, I think, that are, are uh, along the way that we have to be able to mm-hmm. get through. And having people who are positive and who support us help us get through that.
0: Are there some other ways that you can recommend for, <clears throat> to help people stop feeding those monsters?
1: Um, <clears throat> well, I think it's, it's, you know, again, getting quiet, being quiet, mm-hmm. spending time. And meditation really helps, learning how to meditate. I think everybody should learn how to meditate. Mm-hmm. Okay, as, as a
0: meditation teacher, as someone who runs an online <laughs> program twice a week, I certainly agree with you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, I would say that you would agree that when you meditate, that's when you're sort of able to... Slow down your thinking, not stop completely your thinking, but slow it down so that you train yourself to later on be when maybe when you're not meditating to be able to weed out the thoughts that are not real. Mm-hmm. The lies yeah. that you're telling yourself. The
0: lies that you're telling yourself. So <clears throat> lies that you're telling yourself on one hand, joy and vitality on the other. Right. Absolutely. And which do you which do you want to really give your attention to? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you help people mm-hmm. move between those? Well, I think you know um, we don't want to run from pain. I think mm-hmm. running from pain, you know, is a way of numbing ourselves, and and um, we we can't feel really joyful if we numb ourselves from any emotion because mm-hmm. we you know what. We'll, When I have veterans who have PTSD and they tell me that they can't feel joy, that they feel really numb, you know, I tell them that's really natural because you are numbing yourself from the trauma. Mm -hmm. And and our brain doesn't, can't just numb one emotion and not the rest. Yeah. So it's the same with with milder feelings of discomfort that when we try to numb ourselves and run from the pain, then we're going to numb ourselves from joy. So yeah. I think mm. facing those those feelings and looking at them head on, and asking yourself, "Is this real? Is this is this a real concern mm. that I need to have, or is it something that I'm just blocking myself with?"
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, so you don't get caught in it.
1: Right. And then if it is a real concern, then. Um, how can you work around it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Can we get around that? Um, if there's something out there that you really feel bring will bring you joy, is there some way that you can get there, even around this concern? Maybe you know, for example, I would not tell somebody quit your day job and just go out there and. Uh, because you can do and try what you love to do because you mm-hmm. think that that's going to be the thing that's going to make you rich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't forget do about that. happy, rich. <laughs> and then they'll be happy because they're doing what they love. They <laughs> always say, do what you love and the money will come. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, the, the thing is, mm-hmm. we need money. We need money to live mm-hmm. and the money. May come. I do agree that that could happen, but it isn't always right away. Right, so right. You know, until that happens, how are you going to eat until that happens? Mm-hmm. So, are there ways that you can do what you love at the same time as making the money that you need to live? So yeah. you have to sort of, you know, work around it. It's not all going to be exactly the way that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Immediately. So let me ask you this,
0: Mara. Um, If you had someone come to you, come into your office and say, or your telehealth, you're doing lots of telehealth now, I know, which is great in this time.
1: We're launching it. We're launching it, yes. Okay. but Because that
0: also means that you can see anybody around the world. Mm -hmm. So someone comes into your either your virtual office or your real office and says – Yeah, I know you're supposed to do what you love. I don't know what I love. I don't even know how to find that. I don't know how to find what I'm passionate
1: about. And that's when the exploration comes in and that allowing yourself to move from that discomfort of I don't know what I want to the excitement of there's something out there for me and I don't know yet what it is. I wonder what it is. So what's the
0: first step of that though?
1: So, um, you know, taking classes, maybe now virtual classes, um, trying new things, meeting new people who are doing interesting things, Mm -hmm. surrounding people who are excited about the things that they're doing. Uh, Uh, Maybe even finding out, maybe they're not doing something that you want to do. Maybe that doesn't strike your passion, but... How did they get to where, how did they get to where they are? Mm-hmm. Talking to people who have found their passion, what led them in that direction, you know?
0: Yeah. So be, feeling be, that the energy of that, being in the energy of that.
1: in the energy of that, be a detective.
0: Love it. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I, I um, in part of what I do is I teach people how to be an inner researcher. And okay. you're talking about that in the, hey, become a researcher, become a detective for your own life.
1: Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I think, um, where the excitement comes in, when you look at it as detective work. And I'm kind of working on figuring this out. I know there's something. I mean, I, I, I I literally went from feeling the distress of not knowing what I wanted to do to feeling like, wow. I'm on the edge of something and I don't know what it is, but wow. I <clears throat> now the other part of the title of your book is, is about at any age.
0: So I'd love for you to speak to that because, um, people get to a certain age and for everybody, that's a different number and say, well, I'm done, or there isn't anything left, or I may as well just keep doing what I'm doing. Cause I don't know what else to do.
1: Right. And I think that that's, you know, I start off my book actually talking about that, that I started, um, this radio show that I have now, the latest version of it, um, uh, on, you know, the one that started eight and a half years ago, I started it when I was turning 50. Mm-hmm. Hey. um, I was just discovering this passion at 50 and, um, I'm not ready to stop. I'm 58 and I have ideas about what I'm going to do next. What am I going to do next?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot older than you are, and I've got lots of ideas about what I'm going to do yeah. next.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot yeah. of times I think the people first discover what they enjoy doing after they have already done what they thought they were supposed to do mm-hmm. or they their family or they were taking care, they were a caregiver. For someone else now, what about uh, me? Yeah. What do I want yes. So this is the time. Hmm. So, you know, I was really directing the book at people in that category, but I, uh, but with the idea that it would get, it would catch the outliers. So younger <laughs> people who And are I bet it has. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then older people. I mean, where, as I said, I worked in nursing homes, and I found I, you know, I had a woman in the nursing home who was very depressed, and she was she had been. So I worked in a nursing home in the Bronx that took a lot of of the residents that were um, had been kicked out of the state hospitals when the state hospitals were downsized or oh. closed in New York State. Mm-hmm. So she'd been a lifelong resident of a psychiatric hospital with severe depression. And now she was in a nursing home. She was elderly. And I was seeing her, and she was just so depressed. And she'd always been depressed. That's how she defines herself. And so one day I said to her, you know, I'm I'm going to go. Now, she was younger than some of the other people in the nursing home, so that was another issue. She couldn't find peers. Oh, so, I, I said, you know, I'm going to go to that art class. That was at that nursing home with the art class. I'm going to take an art class today. Why don't you join me? And she said, oh, I can't even draw a straight line. And I said, I, you know, I have a feeling that, he's, that they're not going to, you know, the teacher's not going <laughs> to ask me a straight line. <laughs> she said, are you going to be there? I said, yeah, I'm going to be there. Meet me there. So she came to that art class and she discovered on that first day that she was actually really talented. And the teacher told her, wow, wow. you're, natural. you're a natural at this. And she eventually went on to have her artwork displayed in galleries. And wow. she stopped being, after all those years and all the medication that she was oh. taking, all the therapy that she had been through, she, she wasn't depressed anymore. She was happy every time oh. I saw her. That's she, both
0: heartbreaking and joyful at the yeah. same time. Wow. Yeah.
1: So it's not too late. I mean, it's, you know, we can look back and feel sorry about all the years behind us, but we could say this is what, this is the present. This is the mm-hmm. moment that counts. This is our new normal. <laughs> this is our new normal. Right? <laughs> I've had elderly people that were in, in their 90s who decided that they were going to be, um, you know, they were they were not physically able anymore, mm-hmm. but they were going to commit random acts of kindness every day by smiling at people and talking mm. to the other residents and talking to the staff, smiling. And they discovered their passion doing that, that they yeah. loved the, the act of generosity and how it brought joy into other people's lives. And you have both things
0: and finding something you're passionate about and giving back to the world.
1: Exactly. Those two things that you brought forward in the beginning of our conversation. Yeah. And I, I think when people do that, um, they stay healthier. I they mean do. the research has found yeah. that people are healthier when they're joyful, when they have joy and when they have meaning, and when they're generous. Yes. Those, yeah. those things actually release chemicals in our body that keep our mm-hmm. immune system stronger and give mm-hmm. us more energy. And people absolutely. Look at them, it actually- yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <this is> <laughs>
0: and and I would add to that when they're cre- in the act of creating, and I don't mean by that singing a song or painting a picture, or but just having that activating that creative energy, that creative life force.
1: Absolutely, oh. absolutely.
0: So tell us, if you would, how people can get in touch with you.
1: Okay. Well, the best way is one stop shop is Uh my website, which is drmarikarpel.com. So it's d-r-m-a-r-a-k-a-r-p-e-l.com. Everything is there. Um, my book, my show, my blogs, um, how to reach me, uh, everything is there. And, um, and also, if people want to know what's happening, what's coming up, they could follow me on Facebook, which is Dr. Mara Carpel. Your Golden Years, like mm. my radio show. Great, great! And I'm going to be on your radio
0: show, so I'm really excited yes, about you can
1: that. Come in July, I'm really uh, looking forward to that.
0: Me too, me too. So, to our listening audience, ooh, you could stay tuned for more. <laughs> yes,
1: and then you could do the talking.
0: <laughs>
1: that's what you're doing. <laughs>
0: Ah, so Dr. Mara Carpel, thank you so much. Just, you have been such a generous guest and um, just appreciate all of what you've offered to us. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for having me on the program. And I I appreciate the opportunity to share this with your listeners. Mm, yes, indeed.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. <laughs> Please do join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. And you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. We're just about in everywhere that I've found. If you've enjoyed listening today, please leave us a review because that helps other people access, discover wisdom. And for more about fast-tracking your ideas to creation and revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour over at thebacainstitute.com, Take the quiz and find out your creative innovator style so that you can turn your ideas into reality without missing another moment. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, Our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.